What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. All right, this is going to be interesting this morning because I am uh, starting to uh, feel the effects of the man flu. So this afternoon, I don't think my voice is going to hold up. Uh, This afternoon, we're going to do a re-air of something that we talked about yesterday. And what yesterday... Uh, was as far as um, as far as topics was uh, we linked at the end there the uh, the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Now Bruce, myself, and Marty did a did a podcast called the Agenda of Societal Change, and we think that 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 is extremely important. And w- honestly, I think we were going to run it on the weekend anyway because of the importance of it. And what we do, we lay out the plan that the World Economic Forum themselves put out on what they want to do as far as a COVID-19 post-reset recovery. Everything is is laid out step by step in there. So today we're going to lay that out uh, again this afternoon. We're going to re-air that. Uh, and it is, it is absolutely imperative that everyone do your own research on that particular topic. It is out there. We tell you exactly where to go and what information we're using and where you can get it and where you can read it yourself and you can follow along with us. So uh, again, this afternoon, the episode that we put out, the agenda of societal change. But this morning, (coughs) I'm going to try and do this with uh, keeping my voice together as much as possible. We have a very special guest joining us on the morning show. Jason, how are you? Nice to have you on a morning show. Uh, lovely to be here, and I'm all right. Thank you very much, Bruce. Nice to have you here as well. Of course, you're here every day. If you're not, and then I have to come over mm-hmm. there and hunt you down. So, uh, how are you True. this morning? Well, healthy and alive as usual. Uh, doing well. You're saying that despite me at this point. I, I know it. I know it for a fact. Anyway, all right, Jason. You br- you actually came in a few minutes before we started, and you said that you had something that you wanted to uh, essentially get off your chest. What is it that uh, that's bothering you so much uh, that you wanted to bring up this morning on the morning show? Kind of ties in with our uh, Room 101 episode and the cold callers thing. I was minding my own business. I was with a client at about 12 o'clock today, and I received a phone call from from somebody claiming to be HMRC, which is Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, essentially our tax office in this country. And they opened with, there has been a warrant issued in your name. You are, you are um, being actively hunted down by the police to be arrested, which obviously kind of immediately made me rather worried and concerned. I, I went out of my client's house to try and talk to them. It was somebody with a very thick Indian accent, but they, they were so convincing. Um, they gave me the warrant card number. They gave me the incident number. He said he was passing me on to his superiors, but that was where I really started to um, to become extremely suspicious because he didn't call them his superiors. He called them his higher power. I'm going to pass you on to my higher powers, which was the, which was the first really huge alarm bells. There were already alarm bells ringing. Um, but obviously, I was still in a mild thing, mild kind of, not panic, but mild aura of concern because I'd been told there was a warrant out for my arrest. Um, so I spoke to this, to the, to the lady, um, who who also had a a thick Indian accent, sounding like she came from Mumbai or Delhi or somewhere. I, I don't, I'm not good on Indian accents, but 
and she gave me a PC's collar number, so the the, the identifying number for for the police officer. Um, but and this is again a second part of really huge alarm bells. This this very very Asian Indian sounding lady uh, called herself uh, Sharon Simons, which is an extremely English name. It is, um, uh, and it, it is just it's just that the the what got me about it is the complexity with which they were willing to they, they they gave me numbers they told me to get a piece of paper and a pen and write down these numbers you know and it and i'm not a gullible person and it very nearly took me in to start with because of the way they led it with the fact that i was going to be arrested um so i i took down all the numbers they gave me i took down their telephone number and the call essentially broke down because of the area I was in, didn't have great reception. And they they tried phoning me back three times and I haven't heard from them since. Um, immediately after this call, I got the HMRC's actual phone number off the internet and called them up and gave all the details I possibly could to the lady on the other end of the phone. Um, and to give you an idea of, of how much this is happening in this country at the moment, um, I said, uh, I picked up the phone and said, um, I'm just phoning because I... Uh, have had an interesting phone call, and, he's, and she, it, her thing was, "Oh, are you going to get arrested by any chance?" <laughs> so, I mean, that that was the lady, that was the official lady from 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 the HMRC um, on the other end of the telephone, who I had called and given my details, gone through all the security checks with. That was her. That was her opening gambit. So obviously, it's happening that much in this country that that people are uh, people are. They're almost expecting the next call to be exactly that. And it doesn't seem to be the only thing of that ilk that is on the rise in this country. I, I spoke, I put it, I quickly typed a thing on Facebook. Um, other uh, platforms are obviously available. Um, and the number of my friends who've come back and said, we've had similar, or my friend had similar. And I called my mum and brother just to talk about it and go, and just to warn them essentially that these things were happening. My brother went, yep, that happened to me last week. My mum went, oh, I had a thing where where somebody contacted me because I had an unpaid parking fine, which I never did. You know, it's just one of the things that appears to be happening as an un, uh, as an aside in the covid situation is that the the number of these scammers seems to be on the rise and i was just wondering if you guys had any similar similar situations in the states and i wanted to get it off my chest and warn everybody else that it's happening really it's happening an awful lot at the moment did they want money from you uh, they didn't get that far i didn't i wouldn't have let them get that far i wouldn't have given them my my details that, but that's where they were going to they, that's where they were going to they tried to claim that i owed 900 pounds because of irregularities in my um tax reporting is what they were saying my taxes are all done by an accountant i was self employed for a while my i, I don't do it myself i don't uh, I, they are done by a registered and uh, very renowned accountant who's been doing the job for years and so he knows exactly how to report taxes and would never take anything as a lie. I've never given him any any um, false accounts or anything like that. So it's, I knew at that point in time that what they were saying was absolute rubbish. It is something that is quite common in the US, especially now. Uh, it's It's been going on for quite some time. Now, it's happened more since uh, since I've been out of the US. It, it hasn't been uh, something that's gone on for, say, like, you know, 15, 20 years. But 
you you get more of the scammers now and I, I, i'm not sure where it's coming from and a lot of them i know that some of them are coming from outside of the u.s it, it's really difficult to pinpoint because what they'll do is they'll call from a local number so they'll use a local number and they'll call it well for example okay this this is a regular household cordless telephone okay for example all right this phone right here has a number that's registered in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Right. And obviously I'm not in the United States, right? Nice. If somebody calls this number from anywhere in the United States, if that's a local call because there's no long distance anymore, international tolls still apply. If somebody calls this number, like Bruce, if I were to give you this number and you call it, it'll ring through over here right now and it'll act like a local call. Same thing as if I call anywhere in the United States or in Canada, a local number will show up even though I'm not there. So I'm assuming it's the same VOIP technology. Same thing with um, the virtual office we have set up for here. We have a, a local number in Manhattan, New York City. And if someone calls that number, it will ring through onto the podcast line and we can take phone calls. So it's it's the same type of thing. And I would imagine that scammers all across the world are doing this exact same thing. It's the same thing like uh, certain fast food restaurants in the United States are now doing this as well. Well, they've been doing this for a while. When you pull up to the window to make your order, at, say, like a McDonald's or a Burger King or something like that, when you pull up to that window, someone inside the restaurant is not taking your order. Someone in India is taking the order because of VOIP technology. So the calls can be routed from anywhere. So you're telling me that this call came from you or came to you from someone that sounded like they had, you know, an Indian accent or something like that somewhere some from, from someone in possibly Mumbai or New Delhi or, or something like that. I guarantee that's where the call probably came from. Same thing as if you were to call an 800 number in the United States, it'll ring through somewhere on the other side of the world to somebody sitting in uh, in a call center somewhere in India, for example. That's been going on for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, this this was a London number, and the, the thing is, London is such a cosmopolitan city that that it could be two very Indian-sounding people um, answering the phone call, for, uh, making a phone call in London. You know, it really actually could be, but it it's 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 there the the language that they used and things like that was was the yeah. biggest kind of things. That, <laughs> yes, I'm going to pass you on to my higher power doesn't kind of work. The biggest thing they superior, do in the United States, or, right. Okay. The biggest thing they do in the United States is like, um, I think the big one that's floating around now is like an extended warranty for your car, right? Because I mean, yeah, who wouldn't want an extended yeah. warranty for your car? When they yeah. call you, they'll say, uh, well, if you don't pay us this amount of money, then you'll be taken under custody by local law enforcement. Um, well, obviously, we don't say that, right? No one gets taken under custody by local law enforcement. You get taken into custody by local law enforcement. So it's just like yeah. what you said. It's that little thing. They're not going to pass you on to a superior. They're going to pass you on to a uh, <clears throat> higher power. Yeah. So <laughs> Which is it, God, it, isn't it? That's God. God's the higher yeah, power. Yeah, here it yes. is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with your what you're talking about there with the broadband phone calls, basically, you can do do something what's called spoofing. And basically, that's what you're describing is you can change uh, what your phone number appears to be, uh, even though you have a different phone number. So when they go back and try to track that number, um, it's a dead number or, you know, they, they can't or it'll it'll lead to somewhere else, um, let's say in the U.S., you know, and somebody else that had nothing to do with it. But basically, they're they're taking over the line. And I'm, I'm wondering, because um, if you've ever called uh, for customer service here in the States, it always it's always a call center out of India or, or, you know, some other country like that. I'm wondering if they're scraping off those numbers and, and storing them and then just using that as a, Hey, we, this is a confirmed line 
line, we can try to scam it later, you know, and then selling that information or, or what have you. They'll the, buy the, and sell the lists, like actual right. lists. Right. And uh, that's what I'm wondering if they use that to create their own list to sell it for as a secondary income, if you will, for the company. Um, would not surprise me. It would be easy to do. I get call. I don't have a landline. I have a um, uh, cell phone and I get scam calls all the time. You used to not get scam calls on your, on your uh, cell phone back. I don't know. That may have been like yeah. 10 years, 15 years ago, but now I get it all the time. And, and because of the whole um, uh, caller ID system with cell, uh, smartphones now, um, I get notified that this is a likely spam caller or something yeah. like that. Yeah, we do. But it happens all the time on mine as well. But oddly, I got a phone call later in the day. That one didn't identify itself as a spam call at all. I, I, I always look at the, the numbers. It didn't identify itself as spam or, or likely malicious intent. But I got another phone call later in the day for, for um, an energy company um, that did come up as a likely spam call. <laughs> You know, and it was something I did need to take and did need to to sort out. You know, so they're not infallible. These these systems. True. Um, I, I I will say my my workaround for all these are um, if your name does not pop up that I know you. You know, if I don't know you, I don't answer it. If it's an important call, they'll leave they'll leave a message and I can get back to them. Um, so that's usually my workaround. Uh, usually the spam calls you'll get. You know, you'll hear bits of the message. Uh, or, or excuse me, the automated um, robocaller thing. You, you'll hear it in the message or whatnot, and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, delete. There was there was no robocaller either. This was direct. Yeah, human beings. we um, get both here. Thing. Yeah, it, I mean, it's the uh, the most common one that happens to me. I did touch upon in the room one one thing as well. Um, is is ah, uh, so we believe you've been involved in an accident, and my instant response there is, okay, I I have been involved in accidents. Uh, give me the registration of my vehicle. And so often the phone goes dead at that point. I mean, a couple of times recently they've gone, no, 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 sir, we're, um, we, we, we're here to, to get you compensation. I go, no, give me the re registration of the vehicle or I'm hanging up. Oh, we can't do that with breach of confidentiality. You called me. You're claiming to have the details of this thing that, that, that happened to me. Give me some of the details and I'll believe you. It's almost like, you know, they do security for us. I kind of reversing the security protocols and going, no, OK, you give me some information before I start believing that you're real. Yeah. Let's jump over to the other topic you had for this morning, Bruce. Uh, we're about to land on an asteroid. Yes. Yeah. So NASA has a uh, spacecraft that um, let's see here. It is OSIRIS-REx is the mission. Um, it will soon attempt to do a um, touch and go, if you will. Um, they have a a 11 foot uh, boom arm for those of you that aren't don't use freedom units. That's uh, three meters. It, it's called the um, tag sam. It's a touch and go sample acquisition mechanism. Uh, they they do that specifically for the abbreviations, by the way, <laughs> those silly names. But anyway, um, basically, what it's designed to do is the craft will get. Uh, close enough for the arm to reach the surface, it'll grab a sample of rock from from the asteroid and bring it back. And it will return to Earth, it looks like 2023 is when it'll return. So it's taken us, uh, it looks like 12, 16 years, I believe, 16 years to get to this point. It's uh, more than 200 million miles or 320 million kilometers. That's uh, how, how far it's traveled. Now, the journey back, it says that the journey back is scheduled for 2023. The way it's worded, I don't know if that means they're going to begin the journey back 
2023, which is, it would be odd, it would be a three-year wait, or if that's when it's going to return. I'm assuming that's when it'll return. But the maneuver is to happen tonight, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, So by the time you hear this recording, it'll have actually happened already. And so what what is the purpose of this again? Uh, to bring back a, a physical sample from an asteroid. Okay. Why, why this one? I mean, we have other asteroids that are around, don't we? Why, why this one? Uh, I believe this is the closest one. Um, it's, it's a large, it's a larger one. It's close. It's not moving too erratically. Um, so it'll make, it'll make this kind of a maneuver easier, I guess. I, I, I don't know that, I don't know that I would classify grabbing rocks from 200 million miles away easier but you, you get what i'm you get what i mean simpler uh but yeah it's uh this started in it looks like 2004 well and think think about yeah. it i mean if you wanted to go back and get more it's going to take a little bit yeah yeah i mean it was like i said it's 16 years in the making so it's going to be interesting i'm i'm really curious to see what um what it's made of the the imagery we've seen from wait a minute uh, is is this the one that was supposed to have like 14 trillion dollar or quadrillion dollars worth of gold or something no, no, that one no. is a that one's a, a good distance away from here. Okay, I, I believe this one is just to see what the composition of an asteroid is. Basically, they want to see if it's possible that one this will this will be great for mining, right? Uh, this will kind of give us an idea of what composition of asteroids have. Asteroids typically are, are are different. You know, some of them will have iron, some will have other materials, but. It'll also give us an idea if there's anything like water or carbon or any of the foundational blocks for life. Maybe one of these asteroids had it and they're, they're theorizing maybe that's how life began here on Earth was um, an asteroid had it contained in there, smashed down on Earth and propagated life here or began life here. Isn't that called exogenesis or something like that, I think? Yeah, I, I believe that. It sounds about right. Well, there's... there's um... One of my favorite little creatures at the moment, tardigrades, they're amazing things. And there's suggestion that they could have been blasted from planet to planet because they can live for many years in a state of suspension where kind of 100 years later, you can pour water on it and it, and it becomes a living creature again. I, th- I think it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, imagine imagine if we did find tardigrades on this on this um, asteroid wouldn't that just be wouldn't that just blow your mind and chuck uh, chuck some rather cold water on centuries of of even even evolutionary even darwin and things like that you know the kind of scientific knowledge let alone religious dogma and things like that I, I, i'm all for blowing those sort of things apart i think it'd be, be absolutely amazing if we found something like that however unlikely it is or if yeah, we find it, something like that, that on mars mm. yeah I know they found water on Mars here. They they were speculating that it was there. Did they find water? Yeah, the northern parts of Mars uh, with the poles, basically, they have water there. Um, that was one of the things they needed to find for um, like SpaceX when they're making the colony um, to make hydrazine, um, rocket fuel, if you will. You need uh, water because uh, they use electrolysis to break the hydrogen and oxygen apart. And then right there, you got fuel, hydrogen, oxygen, you got the oxidizer, you got the fuel. Boom, you got more rocket fuel. So that was one of the requirements. And with these asteroids, the composition, like the the surface of the asteroid, seeing some of the photographs, it looks like gravel. It looks like it's, um, uh, you know, exactly that. It just looks like they took a photograph of a gravel patch on Earth and put it on a black background. 
and said, there you go. There's an asteroid. That's literally what it looks like. Well, that's that's the conspiracy theory part of it, Bruce. You know, this it's that way when you when you come back to it, just like the moon landing. Right. When they come back to it and say, no, we've never been there. Right. Yeah. Right. But for God's sake, even the Mythbusters were able to debunk that one. I'm afraid from from just by firing a laser at the moon, yeah, yeah. in different uh, different spots on the moon with different readings, and a, and a spot where the NASA people put a reflector. They 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 said they put a reflector, and the right extra quantity of light was bounced back, therefore showing that the reflector was where they said it was, therefore debunking this whole conspiracy theory. You know, there's some, something interesting. Something interesting about the moon landing. Okay, now this is this is you take this for what it, for what you will, but they actually did a study. Like there was a there was a German group of scientists here for their version of NASA or whatever it is, and I've been there. I, I've been there. It's quite something. And I've also been to um, the Cape down in um, uh, in Cape Canaveral in Florida. Uh, NASA down there. Interestingly enough, they ran the German scientific or the German scientific team. They ran the, the simulations of the moon landing and they ran it exactly as the astronauts and the NASA team did back in the 60s. And they said that they, they came to a very interesting conclusion. And the conclusion was the moon landing happened, but it didn't happen the way that they said it happened. Now, take that for what you will. Yeah, that was my reaction too. I put my eyebrow up in the air and I thought, OK, what does that mean? And it was just they left it at that. So they left it open. It was, well, it happened, but it didn't happen this way. So there's something there's a disconnect somewhere. And I don't know what that is. I've never been able to put my finger on it. There was I was listening to a comedy program recently and it um, it was it was it just amused me. And it kind of ties in with the, with the, it didn't happen exactly the way they said it happened. And it just just reminded me of that whether um, Buzz and um uh, Neil Armstrong get back onto the onto the um, command the command pod with the guy, and they're going, "Oh God, that was a disappointment. It was nothing. I mean, that the moon was dull. Come on, nothing happened. It was like it was just like we're going for a walk on a beach on Earth." And and the the other guys going, "Come on, guys, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> just, just you know, yeah, you you proved a very interesting point right there, and un, albeit unknowingly. And I, I've said this on a morning show before when we've talked about the uh, the moon landing. You know what? Everybody remembers Neil Armstrong. Everybody remembers Buzz Aldrin. Nobody remembers the third guy. Nobody ever remembers the third guy. And what's interesting about that is if it hadn't been for that third guy, none of that would have been possible. So (laughs) nobody remembers the third guy. His name was Michael Collins. Nobody ever remembers that. It's just I just thought that was funny. And didn't Michael Collins go to actually walk on the moon himself? Didn't, Didn't he go back or was that somebody else? Was that uh, the second time I'm they not went back sure if he actually if he actually did that. I, I'm not entirely sure. So, so they're, they're, they're one of the commanders of the of the module did actually go back to 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 walk on the moon at a later mission. I'm sure like, Bruce yeah. is over there looking it up as we speak. <laughs> I I am indeed. No, no, no. It doesn't look like I'm not seeing anyone here. Was that Michael Collins' one and only attempt, one and only space mission? Bless him. That's what it looks like. Let me, I've, I've, that, that wasn't even a complete list, it looks like. Uh, let's see here. You've got Armstrong, Alden, uh, Charles Conrad, Alan Bean, Alan Shepard, uh, Edgar Mitchell, David Scott, James Irwin, John Young, Charles Duke, Eugene Cernan, and Harrison Schmidt. Those That's, are the people. Uh, those are the people that have walked on the moon. Wow. 
And how many of them do we remember? Remember two? No, actually, yeah. I, I've I've been a follow I've been a follower of that um, of that uh, that particular era because I always found it fascinating. And there was actually a there was a series a, a drama series that that Tom Hanks did a good number of years ago. It was called From the Earth to the Moon, and it was literally about America's journey into space and all of the uh, the moon landings with that. And in there, I mean, of course, it was all dra- dramatization and everything, but uh, it was a very good depiction of. Uh, of America's um, you know, journey into space. And I've always argued ever since then that, you know, I mean, and everybody, of course, you remember the Apollo 13 disaster, right? Everybody, everybody knows about that. But the um, the thing that, that bothers me about that is, is that we've had an agenda over the, and I don't want to get political here, but we've had an agenda over the last half century that has put not just America, but the human species as a whole behind. So uh, we can put a man on the moon in the in the 1960s, and we don't have a colony up there by now. Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on. Come on. We, we should be mining that thing out uh, 30 years ago, and we should be on to cleaner forms of energy at this point, most notably helium-3. We can stop all this petrochemical stuff. And I know that we can, you know, come to an agreement on that. I, you know, I'm all for moving away from petrochemicals, but we need something as good, if not better, to replace it with. And helium three, from the research that we know up to this point, seems to be the direction to, to make that happen in the future. Fusion power. Yeah. The the only downside to fusion power is, uh, you know, we talk about uh, catastrophic climate change. Um, if if a fusion reaction uh, a fusion reactor were to go into meltdown stage, that would be the um, climate change that would that would be like the pinnacle, the top of it, because you're you're talking a reactor that's that's functioning at millions of degrees Fahrenheit just happens to critical and lose containment. That's like a that would be like a nuclear bomb going off. Well, we'd um, have to keep it out of government hands. Then I mean, because that's I mean, <laughs> can, can you imagine those idiots well, managing that? Well, regarding our cars, there is there is already a potential solution that that exists and there are vehicles hydrogen. driving around with it and yeah hydrogen hydrogen it, because what comes out of the back of a hydrogen car water water vapor well, yeah. you know that's it that's all that comes out yes there is the production of the hydrogen and all that kind of things they didn't but the, if you start investing in it then then you can make that cleaner my issue with with electric powered car well a hydrogen car is basically a, a way of making an electric car run it's easier to fill up in a way but my issue with all the battery powered cars and the teslas is is and things with teslas and and jaguars everybody who's, who's going into it at the moment is the massive environmental impact that they're digging all those um rare earth metals out of the ground has you know they and talk about them. co2 impact yeah and refining them they talk about co2 footprints and things like that who who has actually done the who has actually done the analysis from the from the, the ground up you know from from mining from from because you've got to use huge heavy machinery to to mine these things out and they're open cast mines which then releases its own set of gases into the into the environment you know the whole thing that that bothers me quite a lot that I don't I haven't seen the facts and figures surrounding that properly published you know and and I think that that there is going to be a huge backlash on from the planet I'm not saying from people from the planet on those things because I I, I think there there is a potentially unseen disaster there in in a way I hope there isn't I hope I'm wrong I really do but uh, you know, it's it's like people who constantly claim that nuclear fuels are are a clean energy. 
they have the same problem, digging uranium out of the ground, refining it, doing all these things. There's nothing carbon neutral about that. Nothing. And the waste. Nothing even slightly. And all the waste of it. Yeah, there's nothing carbon neutral about nuclear power. Well, the the thing about nuclear power specifically is uh, you can mine less of it. Like, you know, a, a fuel rod can last you, what, 20, 100 years? You know, it varies depending on the reactor. And uh, as you brought up, Johnny, the, the waste, you can actually more or less reuse the waste. You know, you, you refine it once to get it to yeah. the point, and then you just keep refining it until you've spent it, like until it's completely spent. And at that point, it's essentially, it has the same radioactivity as uranium ore at that point, or even less. Uh, but if you were to use something like thorium, for example, then you don't have any nuclear waste afterward. There, there is no. Um, so yeah. it, I, it, it's not carbon neutral in, in that sense, but comparatively to like something like um, petroleum-based products or even coal, in the long yes, term, it is. Um, I, I, will, yeah, I will give better. you that. It's just, have, have you seen the figures of the just digging the ore out of the ground because it's a rare ore it's not commonly found and you have to god knows how many hectares or or hundreds of thousands of hectares you have to dig out to get your ton of uranium oh good i know you don't need a ton of uranium but you know the ore to then refine that's what's bugging me about all these things and and the battery power the lithium ion batteries contain an awful lot of these things don't they that that, that it requires a huge open cast mine to to dig out the ores and you you only get a tiny amount for all the effort you put. Yeah, right? yeah. And the you brought up hydrogen. We've kind of talked about it before. You know, just real quick. The with the if you went nuclear, uh, for example, you would be able to use um, during the off hours. You know, at night, that extra energy to produce hydrogen. Uh, just you know, as you brought up there, and be able to use it for fuel. So I mean, we we have options that are theoretically better as far as you know the carbon footprint in the long run. It's just getting investment towards it, you know, and, and trying to research it. And, you know, we've talked about fusion reactors. Fusion reactors are on the verge of being sustainable. We just lack artificial intelligence to um, stabilize the reaction. That That's the main problem right now, you know. So we're we're on the cusp of creating something that's that's far better uh, for the environment. Yeah, then that that comes to back to to what you were saying about going backwards. Some in some ways, the the human race is going backwards, and we we touched upon um, Mr. Clarkson earlier. One of the truest statements he he ever said was when they took Concord out of the sky, the world has taken a step backwards. Yes, it wasn't the most efficient plane, but if you take something like, like that out of the sky to then recreate it is just an insane quantity of investment needed. You have it there, refine it, use the things, research on it, do, do you use what you've got to make the next step. That's what we've always done as a, as a race, isn't it? You know, to then have to chuck it out the sky, we now have to go back to square one, to right back to the drawing board to do it, to, to do it again, you know. That's where I think we're, we're going backwards, is we're not taking these fantastic ideas, like the space shuttle that's now come out of the sky. Yes, it had problems. Yes, it was, it was an expensive thing. But when you've got it, you can then improve it, you know. You can then take what you've learnt from that one and build the next generation of it and then build the next generation of it again. You know, that's what, going back to cars, that's what uh, Porsche has been doing for 30, 40, 50 years with the 911, with all of its cars, really. You know, it's it's now a superb car where once it was one that would spin you backwards and kill you in a tree. 
as quickly as it possibly could. Truer words were never spoken about such vehicles like a Beetle. But um, (laughs) we... uh, which, by the way, it's the same company. All, All right. right. We are out of time this morning, gentlemen. Uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. Nice talking about something other than politics again. Like I said, we're working on another project here on the side, and we're hoping to have that off the ground sometime in the coming days, very soon, sooner rather than later. I was hoping to have it off the ground this week, but I'm not sure we're going to have time to do it. But it definitely will be here next week. And uh, Jason, I would like for you to come on for that new project uh, when we do that. Okay. Um, and I will uh, I'll fill you in on that here off the, here offline here in just a second. But like I said, later on today, we are going to, again, like I said, re-air our Agenda of Societal Change podcast. Extremely important information to have, especially going forward now. As we're starting to hear Australian senators come out on Sky News Australia and talking about the same exact group, the same exact points uh, that we bring up in that, uh, in that podcast. So please be sure and check us out later on this afternoon. So thank you guys for sitting down this morning. Thank you to all the listeners for all these topics more with the exception of today i think but you can work in some of what we're talking about as far as advancement and things like that to um, what the alternative plan is this afternoon so please check us out later on this afternoon and i hope everyone has a great morning